Okay, so I'm guilty of doing this just as bad as anybody else. I love health and fitness, right? But I'm also guilty of looking at Instagram, scrolling through, seeing all these fitness videos, seeing these fitness models and their photos and start comparing myself. You know, how come I don't look like that? How do I start looking like that? You know, bookmarking workouts so that I can try it and see if it works for myself. Well, in this episode, we dive into the reality and the IG reality, quote unquote, of fitness and in health. And we dive into a lot more. And I, I talked to Ariel Belgrave. She's known as Jim Hookie on Instagram. So definitely go follow her because she actually gives it to you straight. And that's what we love about her. In this episode, we cover IG, reality versus for real life, and then we also talk about diet culture and how you talk about yourself, and then some of the biggest fitness myths that she has heard from her clients. It's a great episode, chocked full of information. Take a listen. Okay, so we are here with Ariel. She is known on Instagram as Jim Hookie, and let me tell you, her Instagram is probably like one of my favorite go-tos when it comes to women health and fitness. It's chocked full of informational tips and really just genuine because you be answering some questions that I like never see on anybody else's fitness Instagrams, like about bloating and meal prep and all this kind of stuff. And you've also been featured like on NBC, CBS, L, Shape, Pop Sugar. I mean, girl, you've been everywhere. <laughs> I'm in these streets. <laughs> you in the streets. You in these streets. <laughs> yes, I love it. And, that, and thank you so much. That means a lot. My goal is to always just provide content that is in a fun, digestible way. You know, health and wellness can be a very, it's a very sensitive topic. So how can you, I, I like to just put out content that's super relatable, you know? Yeah. And you do just that. And that's actually one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you on So She Slays is because it is genuine content and it's super informational. But I really wanted to kind of dive in a little bit more to, you know, fitness and health and as it's portrayed on Instagram, because Ooh. it's, I know that's what you can of worms, girl, can of worms. Like we, we open in Pandora's box over here yeah. um, because it's, it's hard. I feel like, like, I love going to the gym. I love fitness. I love health too. Um, but it's hard to kind of constantly see that stuff in your face. And I know you can curate your feed to, you know, be more positive into what you want and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to, to look over, you know, these amazing Instagram fitness models or these workouts and like all this kind of stuff. So let's, let's dive into this topic a little bit more reality versus Instagram. What are your thoughts? You know, I have plenty of thoughts because I, I feel like there's two ends of the spectrum. I feel like you may have people who are on the gram showing up the way that you'd see them in real life. Honestly, I put myself in that bucket, but there's things you have to do in order to create that level of, of realness, right? It's it's not just the pictures you post. It's what what is life looking like on the back end. And oftentimes you have a lot of people who are on the opposite end of the spectrum where you just see the end result of their body, right? They may not be sharing what their life looked like on the back end. And it's it can be so hard for anyone who's scrolling or even wants that body to be hashtag goals. Let me tell you, first things first, you cannot judge a book by its cover because you really don't know 
people people are when you use the word curation right people are 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 telling you or showing you what they want for you to see now you may have some others that may say like oh you know i'm I'm going through this but that's not the case for everyone so what you see is this facade of this perfect life now one thing i do want to bring up because i think what could be really dangerous in the fitness world is not understanding what a person may be doing to get to that point. So Ooh, yeah, it, it's super. And I'll, I'll give a, a, a very good example that has been shared publicly because oftentimes, you know, as fitness people, you have a fitness person saying like, Oh, I'm doing these very things. Right. So then you'll have someone who is aspiring to look like that be like, Oh, I, I'm going to do these I'm going to do this. And they're telling me I only have to do this and I can look like them. But is that really the truth? Is that really what's happening on the back end? So one example I want to give, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Shalene Johnson. No, no, I haven't heard of her. So she's big on, uh, she's been known in the Beachbody world. She has some like key programs like Pio and uh, Turbo. Oh, okay. I've heard of the programs. Yes. So she actually shared on her podcast, um, she, she shared on her podcast just what her experience was like being this media personality on Beachbody. So what she was telling the world, what she was selling was Pio and Turbo Jam and like, oh, you only have to work out this amount of time in order to be able to be your fit self and look like this. And what she shared and was super raw about was just like, it killed me every day when I knew that I had to do so much more to look like that in the first place. So she was telling people just, you know, 30 minutes through this workout, but then she was working out like, like five hours a day in order to look like that. And there was a lot of deep insecurity that was created, especially being in the fitness space where, you know, there's this look that you're expected to have. And she would go on set and they would be telling her like, oh, you know, she would think she's in the most shape and they would be critical of like her body. And she would feel like she has to do drastic things in order to, you know, have the abs or look smaller. And then what she found was people was validating that when she would come in and they'd be like, oh my gosh, you look great. But they had no idea what she was doing to look great. And they were giving her, they were accepting her like that. So she fe felt that that's what she had to do in order to look great, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh my yeah. gosh, the pressure. Oh my gosh, the pressure. Pressure, the pressure. So I wanted to give that example because I think it's so important that, like, you know, People are obviously like, this is her opening up and sharing this information, but she's also someone who was preaching one thing, right? To the world saying like, you just have to do this. So now can you imagine the number of women who may have been following that and feeling so discouraged because they were doing that very thing that that, that she may have said to do and they weren't looking that and, and weren't getting those results? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine the disappointments and the never feeling good enough and why is this not working and all of those thoughts? I mean, look, I, I even have those thoughts and, yeah. and, you know, that's amazing that you kind of tell, uh, tell that story because at the same time too, I think we, we forget. And I am one of those people. Like I look at those fitness models or those, you know, women who are cut or looking like the way that I, I aspire to look like. And I'm like, okay, well, they're just doing these and they're just doing that. And, you know, if I do that, then I can look like that. I mean, what a cycle to get trapped in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and you know, in the insecurities that are promoted by that as well, because 
you know, with fitness modeling and that kind of stuff. And I, uh, did some fitness modeling a little bit a while ago. Now I'm not like, I'm not built by any means. Your girl is not built by any means. Um, but I love the fact that there are certain companies who are including normal looking women. Um, yes, you still have your fitness models as you should. I mean, some people like really dive into that. Um, but I think there's now this wave of people accepting the way that they look too, and having some normality to it. Yeah. But you know what? It starts, it starts from the top, meaning it starts with these companies who are willing to shift what that societal norm is for what a person who's fit should look like because even myself being a black woman I am yeah I have you know arms but I'm also curvy I'm also still thicker than what was the ideal fitness person uh you know what we saw like 20 years ago who's on the magazines and on the billboards and I agree that it, it is it, it can be it's nice to see this wave of essentially companies choosing to put different types of women on the, the face of their of their brand, right? It's not just this, the cut abs, it's their plus size, right? There's black women, even being a black woman, I didn't, I didn't feel like I, I, I saw that represented enough. And if they were, they were this like super cut athlete. And it really can be discouraging for someone who may, may aspire to be that or do that in any way. But the because the reality is, everyone's body's different, right? The very thing that one person does to make their body that way, you could do those same exact things and get completely different results. Oh Hands my up. gosh. You know? Right, right. Oh my God. And that's why, you know, we have all these fitness routines and diets and blah, 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 right? You know, because we're all trying to figure out what works best for us. Um, and also to kind of go back to the Instagram stuff, I mean, I think sometimes it's really hard for someone to look at all these Instagram models and look at these fitness routines and try to tell what's real and what's fake. Because mm -hmm. let me tell you, <laughs> I did not know when I was doing this fitness modeling uh, a little while ago, I did not realize the positions you have to put your body into. Like the, the arching, the sucking in, the pointing the toes, the flexing your, you know, back muscles, the, you know, there is so much going on. Like, I remember like being told, Hey, okay. Arch your back, stick your butt out, suck it in, but don't look like you're sucking it in too much, but then flex this and do that. And I was like, Oh, sweet baby Jesus. How was all of this going on in my head? But I still have to put on a face. that looks real good. Cause I'm showing off these clothes right now. <laughs> like what is happening? Yeah. It's a, it, honestly, it, it's hard to tell. Like, I, I wish there was a formula to be like, you can look at someone and say that is real versus not, because now you have apps where people, I, you probably have seen the befores and after, like there are even filters within IG. There are apps that people are, third-party apps that people can use to slim their waist, uh, change the features on their face to make their nose look a certain way, to make their butt bigger, or even just physically putting butt pads in. And like, there's so there's so many wild things that I've seen where I was like, hey, that's just a lot of work. Um, you know, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> that is that is doing the most, but like, I guess, you know, it, for me, it's a shocker because I'm like, people are eventually gonna see you in real life. Like, why, why do that on the gram? But people are, 
And the reality is you may not be able to, unless you see a, meet a person in person, you may not know the difference between IG and reality just by scrolling through someone's feed. Yeah. Well, and I think it's definitely, you have to consciously tell yourself, okay, there's a lot more going on in this photo than taking it at face value. Cause I mean, after that whole modeling gig I had, I started looking at fitness, you know, ads and Instagram so much like more. It was way different for me. I was just like, this girl is sucking it in. This girl is arching her back. This girl is pointing that toe and and flexing these arms and doing this and doing that all at the same time so that she can capture this photo. Yeah. (laughs) And you don't know how many times a person has to actually take a photo before they, before they, use before they get to the one that you happen to see girl let me tell you i was getting a workout just doing that i was i'm like like my legs are shaking and i'm just like i need to i need a break for a second (laughs) and you know what so it's interesting you brought this up because this is something i've been so conscious of as of someone who's in the fitness space to the point where i used to have um gym hooky and then my separate personal And what I realized is I needed to fuse it. Like I needed to bring them both together. So what people experienced was the full version of me, because oftentimes people would just see what they see on the gram. They'll see the feed, but they may not know what the story is. So even when I started Jim Hookie, I was working corporate, I was working in tech and I'm like, people like, while I have this fitness, you know, I have this fitness brand, people need to know that I'm out here like working really late night hours and in HR, like, you know, that was before I jumped ship in 2020, but this was my life. And it was so much more relatable. I realized I did need to fuse it in. So people saw everything, even my choice to do lives, right? So you may have some people and people, once they hear this, it may, may pay more attention to this, but I do lives where I'm bringing, I do fitness lives because there's less of a control that you have when you have to fully show up as yourself or over extended period of time. There's, you may not be sucking it in consciously. It's not just posing for a photo or any of that. So for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll talk about, oh, I'm bloated today, y'all. It's that time of the month. Like it's just normalizing the conversations. And like that is, and I know other people who do that too. So I don't want to, while it's, it's so, it's, there are things that are so not true on the gram, but then there are things that are, are, there are people who are. And I think what's important to just even discuss is like, how can you go about curating your feed or just combating that comparison? So it's in a way that's healthy for you as a person. And one of the number one things that come up is just assessing your social media diet. I think it's important to have people who you're inspired by. I I think it's super important, but, but also maybe look to see if you have a relatable body frame because genetics matter, race matters, all that. So, you know, kind of assess to see who it is. There's, there could be some people who are just like, you know, they're just hashtag goals. I love their energy, their attitude. But as long as it's inspiring you, as opposed to making you feel any bit of uh, guilt towards your own journey or feeling like you're not doing enough or feeling less than in any way, if, if that is how you're feeling when you're looking at someone's pictures or gram, it ain't it. It ain't it. It ain't it. it ain't and it. let me tell you, like, that's inspiring for me to hear um, because after that modeling gig, I was kind of like, I mean, I was looking, I got the photos back and that kind of stuff. And then I was like, oh my God, I don't look like all these other people that I, that I, you know, like strive to be. And it started almost bringing out some insecurities in me. And Mm -hmm. I'm naturally 
you know, thank God I, I'm naturally a confident person. So I never really like second guessed myself, but then I like started seeing these photos and it was the first time I was like, Oh, Oh, this is not like how I see myself in my head when I like when I'm looking at, you know, myself in the mirror like this, like, am I distorted? Do I have like a weird, like distortion of what I really look like? And then I was like, Oh, my God, I don't even look like these other fitness models. And I had to make the active choice to just be like, you know, what? this is just my body. This is just my body. If there's little things that I don't like, okay, yeah, maybe I can kick it up in the cardio a little bit more or something like that. But I, there's nothing I can do to really change like who I am and what I look. That's my body type. You know, I, I, I'm short, I'm curvy. Um, I'm not going to be built like these, you know, tall stick figure or even cut women. That's just not yeah. my, my body. Yeah. And it's genetics and I, all that has to play a part. And, and I think it is important in this conversation we're having where it's like, you have to check yourself on just the realness, like not to say that you can't ever achieve that body, but like, what would you need to do to get there? Right. Will you even be happy? Is it sustainable or is it a case where you get there and then end up gaining all the weight back because the method that you use or approach that you had was, it was too drastic. It was, it, you were miserable. And there may be people, you'll see that, you'll see people who are even athletes, like the moment they, they're no longer needing to follow this routine or any of that, then people fall off. So I'm all about the approach and doing it in a super sustainable way. And I think as we get older, we realize our body is also changing, especially as women, how our metabolism is changing, just the things we may have been able to eat. 10 years ago and get away with it. It may look a little different now. Now we may eat things and may cause low energy. It's just, there's so many layers to it. Our body is so complex. And I think we just have to give ourselves permission to evolve and not necessarily always compare ourselves to the old person, right? But 10 years ago, or well, I did this 10 years ago and it worked, but it ain't gonna work now. So what else are you gonna do to try to look and feel your best and be happy at the same damn time? Because anybody out here trying to be in these streets miserable, I'm just saying. Oh no, life is too damn short to be that freaking miserable. Sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I know that you work with a lot of clients and you have your workshops and I know, you know, there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one and, and even a lot of group stuff. Uh, what is the biggest fitness myth that you've come across? Like what, what are people telling you? They're like, Oh, I just need to do this. I need to do that or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely have a, a good amount of them. I think for starters um, would be, because I will caveat by saying that the women who typically come my way, I attract women who are who are who are really busy. They're ambitious. They're about that. They're building their careers. Girl, that's why I follow you. That's why we all follow you. So she says you that's our demographic. That's our women. You talking to us. <laughs> exactly. So what comes with that is feeling like you may not have certain time to do things. And then there comes the all or nothing mindset where it's like, oh well, the world or or, or Instagram tells me I need to do this, but like I don't have time for that. So I'm just not gonna do it at all. So I'm mentioning that to say, I'm gonna go into what some of these myths are. The number one being that you have to work out for an hour plus in order to get the best results. And that is not true, right? There are people who are, if you have the most efficient and you can have an efficient and effective workout routine where you're working 30, working out 30 minutes, there's not you know, going on your phone. It's literally your dedication to be present with that workout and doing it and you can get results. So that was one. Um, the other is uh, lifting weights, especially as women. 
I think my, I, I'm, I'm happy to, I, I get really excited when I hear the feedback from women. We're like, oh my gosh, like your arms are like, you know, they're, they're, they're so toned, but then they'll send me an address and I look like regular, right? Like, it's like, I'm, I still got my curves. I'm, I'm toned in that way, but it's not this look of, 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 of looking masculine. Now to each his own, some women may be striving for that. Some people may be doing bodybuilding, but the reality is a woman has to work really hard to be able to get muscles like the ones that you compare to some, to someone who may be bodybuilding. So there were clients who I've had who were reluctant. They were like, I just don't, like, should, do I have to lift weights? Can I just do cardio? Because I'm not trying to look bulky. And it's like, no, actually lifting weights and strength training can help you burn fat faster. It can help you get that, get toned. So that's, that's two. I would say the third, which you've probably heard of, <laughs> um, is this notion of spot reducing fat. So what this means is that you can do a certain workout. We could use abs as an example, like, okay, I want, I want my tummy flat, flat. I want my waist snatched. So I'm just going to do all the weight, all the ab workouts in the world and do no other form of workout and I should get my abs. No. You can, <laughs> if only, right? <laughs> if only. It sounds great and lovely, right? It sounds magical. But the reality is you can't just do workouts for that one area and expect the fat to go away. You need to do full body type of workouts. You need to invest in strength training, cardio, even maybe even some high intensity, but something that's just more than just doing crunches and sit-ups because you're not going to get the results that you like. Maybe just a little, it'll help tone it out, but to burn fat, you have to do more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I mean, it that is just, you know, working out in the fitness level, right? You know, I, what is it? I think there's like a statistic out there and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something like, you know, it's more than half of what you eat and only like a certain percentage of like your actual physical activity or something like that. Right. So it's 80. So when it comes to, uh, having weight loss goals, 80% is nutrition. 20% is exercise. So it is a very, like nutrition actually plays a really, a really big part. And what I do like to say is that you can't out train a bad diet. Oftentimes you think I'm just going to work out. And, and I'll say this, especially if we, we have a, a woman crowd here, do not compare yourself to men, please do not compare yourself to men. I have women who have partners who are like, Oh, like, you know, my, my husband or my boyfriend is like doing the same workouts and losing weight. And we cannot compare ourselves to men. They can literally lose like five pounds in an hour if they want to. <laughs> what <laughs> is that? Let me like, what, where's the equality in that? No, it sucks, but it's, it, it, and it's really annoying and it can be discouraging. Even when I had, um, at one point I had the Apple watch and I have a lot of guy friends and I was using their, I was comparing my, my stats, like my day, my daily, like ring closing and all that to, uh, to my husband or even my guy friends. And I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm putting in way more work than y'all. And like, it's even like technology is set up that way to be biased, which is crazy. Um, but it's hard to compare yourself to men because they are the way they burn fat, the way their body operates is very different than women. We got to try a little harder, a lot harder. Yeah, a little, a little equals a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that kind of, kind of, you know, leads me into this next subject of diet culture, right? Which can be super overwhelming, full of pressure, 
but also kind of dangerous, especially, you know, we talked about Instagram, we talked about these fitness accounts, and we have a lot of younger women who have access to this stuff now earlier on in in their lives, and they grow up comparing themselves. Like, I mean, I'm a millennial, I, I saw all that stuff just on TV or in magazines, right? But now it's, you know, social media, it's constantly thrown in my face. And so diet culture, I think is now turning into a, an, it can be like a negative thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just, I think social media is, is now, but then there's also just family, like within your home, if you have someone, can you imagine like growing up hearing your, a parent say that like, oh, I'm fat or just using certain words or having these expectations or even as young, like I've had clients who have this pressure on being smaller since they were like in elementary school, right? Now, can you imagine trying to unlearn those things and tell yourself that it's okay to look a certain way if this is what you've been programmed? It's it's so deeply rooted in what you believe on how you should look based on how it was talked about by the adults around you. It actually starts that now we have social media, right? But, which is a whole nother layer, a whole nother layer of concern. But even within your home can be toxic, yeah. right? Yeah. When it comes to the diet culture. And I, I also want, you know, women to kind of, you know, it's one thing, how you talk to yourself is super important. Yeah. But then it's like also what you verbalize around everyone else too. If you are a mom and, and you know, you have younger daughters or, you know, whoever's around you. I think it's just really, really important because, you know, if you grow up in a household where someone is constantly trying to lose weight, whether it be, uh, you know, a guardian or, you know, um, a mentor figure of some sort, someone's constantly trying to lose weight, constantly joining these programs, constantly doing all of this stuff, you know, it's great that they're trying to better themselves too, but, and trying to obtain goals and set those goals. And as someone who's young, absorbing that, that's great to see, but also I think it's important to add in those aspects of self-love talk. Yeah, I agree. Because if you're constantly trying to change yourself, and you're constantly just being like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good. Like, like, think about it. Cause that's kind of what you're saying, right. In a way, if you don't filter in the positivity in there as well. Yeah. And, and that, that is something that a, a parent has to be really intentional because at the end of the day, you do want to be a good example to your kids. Right. But I think to, to your point, it's really emphasizing the why for it. Right. So it's a lot, it's, it should be less of like, oh, I'm fat, I just want to look skinny. It's more like, oh, like I want to be able to enjoy life and be able to run around with you uh, and, and play and, you know, help you practice sports. Like having more of a why so there's a, a, a reason that the child has an understanding of. I, I think for me, I, I didn't grow up in an environment where I heard, if anything, I was smaller in comparison to some of the other women in my family who are, who are even curvier than me. So I just knew more about like, oh, I'm going to be an athlete. So I'm blessed and I have have dealt with that type of pressure, but I, un- but I do understand that a lot of people have, and it's something that carries with them all through their adulthood. And I'm talking to women who are in their thirties and forties, not even realizing that how much like something that was said when they were 10 years old has continued to impact them now on their wellness journey and the relationship they have with food and their body. Yeah, no, it's huge. Um, so yeah, for anybody listening out there, like it, it's one thing to state your goals and yes, go after them, you know, do, do it, but share your why, 
share your why, make it, make sure too, that you know your why, that it's not just superficial where you're just like, oh, I just want to be skinny and this, this, and this, like, you know, there's more to life than just being skinny. Um. (laughs) And you know, so even on the why, one of the things I have my clients do, because oftentimes the goal is so surface level, you know, where it's like, I want to lose 20 pounds by X date, right? For me, that's where it starts. So I have this exercise where I, where I literally have them drill down and keep asking yourself why. Okay, why is it that you want to lose 20 pounds by June? Oh, because I have a, a, a wedding coming up. Okay, so what about this wedding is impacting you want to lose weight? Well, I want to be able to look confident in my dress. Or, so, okay, so why is it important that you, you want to look and feel confident? And you, know, you get to a point where you can't say why anymore. And when you get to that point, that is the core reason that's gonna, that you need to strive for. Because even when you're, we all have those ups and downs, right? Here's the reality of the fitness and wellness journey. Life happens. It's not going to be perfect. You're going to have to be so deeply connected to your why that it's, it's nothing can break it, right? But when you keep it so surface level, you'd be like, oh, well, okay, I guess, I guess that the date's going to pass. So it's not going to be the case, but it's like, nope, what is so important for you to, and remind you that that day when you are tired, you may not feel like doing that workout. What are you going to tell yourself that you have to strive for outside of just needing to lose weight? Oh, I want to be so confident and look the look back at my wedding pictures and, and and just see my confidence and and feel it when I look back at those pictures and it's just a little bit deeper than just saying like you know I wanted to lose 20 pounds in 2022 you know yeah yeah there's definitely more substance to it and that's such a great I mean asking why of yourself is such a great question always not just pertaining to like health and fitness in general I mean it's just a really good question to get down to the core of things why why you do the things you do why you act the way you act, all that kind of stuff. Um, so to kind of wrap up the interview a little bit more, I know that you are chock full of information when it comes to workshops and workouts and all this kind of stuff. So what is coming up? What can people expect from you? How do they join all the above? Yes. So I have my signature program lean, um, which focuses on four key things that should be all encompassing when it comes to your wellness journey. So the L means lifestyle, the E means exercise, the A is attitude and mindset, and the N is nutrition. So I do offer this um, and you can get it at, right now I offer it, I offer one-on-one. So if you're someone who's been struggling to really get on your, you know, you've tried things that hasn't worked and you need more motivation, accountability, and guidance. I do offer one-on-one coaching. So you can contact me if that is something you're interested. You have to be committed with a capital C. That's what I like to say, like really about that life. There's also a group coaching option. So if you go to my page, you'll be able to see it all. Um, My big one for this year is I'm going to be hosting, uh, and this would be the first place that I'm I'm sharing it outside of my my newsletter. Woo, exclusive. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to be, uh, hosting, a retreat, my first international self-care retreat is going to be in Thailand. No one knows yet where the location, but here we are. Now we know yes. um, end of August, early September. So I really want to create a space for women to really be able to take care of themselves. We say we take care of ourselves, but sometimes we're, we're showing up as the mom We're showing because of friend, the sister. So what how, I wanted to create an environment where you can really release, reset and recharge. So I'm going to be doing that in the end of August, early September and revealing and, and sending out details in later this month, actually in February. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure you join my mailing list and you'll get all the beats for that. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. 
You guys, Ariel is on top of it. If you need to get a hold of her, go visit her Instagram, Jim Hucky. She's here with all the health and fitness. Um, thank you again. I loved our conversation. I learned so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Heather. All right.